Hey, everybody. Emily Abadi here. You're listening to 5-Minute Friday from Hurdle. This is kind of weird because as you may be listening to this in real time, I am currently in Singapore. I'll be here for five days until I head to Tokyo and I'm doing it all solo. It is absolutely wild. I feel like I'm talking to you from the future. My thoughts are entirely sporadic and uh, yeah, wow. I... I'm going to do a massive recap from this trip and share, as I typically do, uh, the recap from the marathon that I'm running on Sunday the 3rd, about a week and a half after it happens. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, in honor of the fact that I am traveling solo again, I wanted to bring a story from my first ever solo trip to the feed this week for 5-Minute Friday. Now, I never really aspired to travel alone. In fact, I, although I would do it for work, felt as though for the longest time that planning a trip by myself meant that I was doing something wrong. It meant that, in my mind, I couldn't find someone to do something with me. And even maybe a little bit further than that, if I want to take it to that next step, it was at one point saddening for me because I wanted to be taking these trips not only with friends, but also perhaps with some sort of a partner. Now, spoiler alert, if you don't know, I'm single, I'm in my mid-30s, and the era in my life that I first decided to throw these narratives away was about, I want to say, seven years ago. I was living on the Upper East Side, and I was living on my own. And I remember distinctly talking to a girlfriend about the concept of solo travel, and this was a friend that did it regularly at the time. And she said to me, well, why don't you reframe the way that you're thinking about solo travel? If you're already living alone and spending a lot of time on your own and enjoy doing that here in New York, then why would it be any different somewhere else? And that was the first time that I started to think, okay, maybe this could be something that's good for me. I got out of a relationship, the same relationship that ended that triggered me to create what you're listening to right now. And I was totally in my eat, pray, love chapter and made the call. I said, I'm going to go for it. What's the worst that could happen? And so I booked my first ever solo trip to Italy. And candidly, I was frightened. I booked it for 10 days. I got an apartment. I planned one thing that excited me for each and every day. So maybe that was a tour or a meal or some sort of a class or an activity. I remember during that trip, I was training for the Boston Marathon and I did 22 miles around the cobblestone streets of Florence. And oh my God, that is one thing I will never, ever, ever forget. The hobbling to a restaurant afterward and eating pasta in the sun with like the world's largest beer. Oh, it was everything that's right in the world. Anyway, I digress. I was frightened to go on this trip. And I recall that I got into the Uber on my way to the airport and I cried. And by the time I pulled up 
to the departures and got my bags and went through security and got on the plane, the emotions that I had, they weren't gone, but the tears were done. I did not cry for the rest of that 10-day trip. In fact, I felt more free and so proud of myself, so rejuvenated, so excited for the opportunities that lay ahead of me. And I tell you this story because I reflect on the stories that I was telling myself before I just went for it. The stories that were holding me back from doing something that truly impacted me for the better. So often, I'm guilty of this. We're guilty of this, right? Of allowing a false narration, a story, something that's not rooted in fact, to hold us back, to prevent us from doing something that could be so excellent. And so for my listener prompt this week, I encourage you to ask yourself, what story are you telling yourself? And is there any fact to that? Or are you the only thing standing in your own way? What story are you telling yourself? And are you standing in your own way? I'm telling you solo travel to this day, one of my absolute favorite things. I would love to talk more about it. So if you have any questions, anything you want to know, feel free as always to click on over to the show notes and leave me a voice message. I'll answer it in an upcoming episode of the show. And with that, a listener question. Hi, Emily. It's Katie. I jumped on the early bird pricing for the Every Woman's Marathon, which is not until November. What is the best way to prepare so long before a training cycle begins? I love following a plan. I love to move some way every day, but I don't want to do too much or too little with a huge goal that's 10 months away. Ah. (laughs) Thanks for listening. I'm looking forward to your ideas as always. You just reminded me that there is definitely an email in my inbox about this marathon, which sounds kind of fun. For those that might not be in the loop, there is a new marathon this year called the Every Woman's Marathon. It is sponsored by Milk, and it is on November 16th. And basically, the goal is to create a race and community uh, experience for women by women. As far as what someone should do in the meantime... For some context, if you are running a marathon in mid to late November, you wouldn't start training for this marathon until about 16 weeks out, which means that you are getting after it at the end of July, beginning of August, if my math does me right. So I would encourage you, dear hurdler, to do things that excite you right now. Find an activity that lights you up and If it can better you for that training cycle when you get there, then all the better. Something that runners often skip out on is strength training. So maybe now is a really great time to incorporate that regularly into your routine. If you want to start that training cycle with some sort of a base, you don't need to overdo it, but I would encourage you to get to a place where you're running between maybe 20 and 30 miles a week and that feels attainable. It doesn't feel like a super, super hard thing. 
as we know with any sort of fitness routine, if you like what you're doing and if you do it with friends, you're more likely to keep on keeping on. So enjoy yourself right now. Marathon training has so many rewards, but it can also get a little monotonous. So no need to rush into that just yet. Also, heavy, heavy encouragement on flexibility and mobility training. This is something you'll never regret incorporating into your routine, regardless of what your health and wellness goals are, especially as we get older. It is so important. I swear my once weekly, twice weekly yoga classes feel like the greatest gift that I give myself on the regular. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi, another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.